Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Have you always felt a little odd, a little different? The world is crying out for witches to heal and to rebuild. But do you hear its call and will you answer? This is a space for free thinking, where I give you tools to explore and build your craft. We all have a divine spark. Join me each week and grow that spark into a fiery beacon. I am your host, Michael Moorcroft, and I'll be bringing you a one-on-one guide to all things witchcraft and spirituality. This is The Major's Well. Hey, Majors. This week, we're looking into the Ouija board. I want to zoom in on its history and how to safely use one and incorporate it into your practice. But first, I thought I would do something fun. I thought I'd do a little shout out to my listeners all over the world by calling out their country. I was looking over my stats and I realised there was a location button and I can see a map where you all are listening from. It's cute and sweet, so let's go for it. Hello to all my listeners in New Zealand, Australia, Indonesia, Malaysia, Myanmar, Bangladesh, the Philippines, Taiwan, Thailand, Japan, South Korea and Hong Kong and Singapore, to India and Pakistan and Kyrgyzstan and Kazakhstan and Russia, hello to Morocco, Ghana, to Nigeria, Botswana, Tunisia, Egypt, Kenya, Uganda, Zambia and South Africa, to Lesotho, to Mauritius, to the Union, to Saudi Arabia, Israel, the United Emirates, Oman, Bahrain, Lebanon, Kuwait, Hello to Portugal and Spain and France and Italy, Greece, Turkey, Bulgaria, Romania, Hungary, Slovakia, Poland, Lithuania, Sweden and Norway, to Germany and Switzerland, Ukraine, Croatia, Macedonia, Slovenia, Belgium, the Netherlands, Denmark, Estonia, Czech Republic and Malta, 
Austria and Cyprus and the Isle of Man, the UK, the Republic of Ireland and Iceland. Over to South America, hello to Chile, to Argentina, to Brazil, to Bolivia, Ecuador and Colombia, Panama and Honduras, Mexico and Jamaica, Puerto Rico, Barbados, French Polynesia. Hello to the Bermuda, the USA and Canada. Hello if you're listening from a country not mentioned. Thank you everyone for listening and supporting the show. When I stumbled across the map, I had no idea the Majors Well was well on the way for world domination. So, thank you. Now, to Ouija or not to Ouija? That is the question we have at hand. First up, it's actually thought to be pronounced Ouija, and it's entered popular culture as another worldly oracle, and something entertaining that's both scary and exciting to use. You may have come across them before, you may have even used one, but for those who aren't familiar, traditionally Ouija boards contain the letters of the alphabet, the numbers 0 to 9, with the words yes, no, and goodbye on them. Now, the board also comes with a pointer. Those using the boards place two fingers on the pointer and ask questions. Now the spirits, or the participants subconscious, depending on what you believe, moves the pointer to spell out answers. Norwegian boards first appeared in 1886. Helen Peters gave it its name and helped get it patented in Baltimore, USA, where it was marketed as a child's toy, and it still is today. This, this isn't a recent development. Before this, however, they were known as talking boards. Now, talking boards come out of three sisters, called the Fox Sisters, in New York around the 1840s. They were playing around doing seances and began to hear knocking, and really quickly, they started to use a system of one knock for yes and two for no. And it works. So time passes and they start to complicate their questions, which require the answers to be spelled out. Knock for A, knock for B, knock for C, etc. Now using a knocking system clearly wasn't time effective, so they laid out alphabet cards and they would point to the letters and stop on the letter when they heard a knock, and then they would start the process again for the next letter. And they repeated this until they had an entire word. Now the newspapers got involved and very quickly it became fashionable to talk to the dead. Now, the Civil War broke out in America and families were destroyed. The loss of life was huge and everyone knew someone who had suffered a loss. Talking boards offered closure around this and once again there was a flurry of activity to speak to the dead. The planchette came about, which is this little device where a pen is put through a hole and you place your fingers on the planchette and ask a question. The spirit guides the planchette and effectively draws or spells out the answer. Now, 1886 was a big year for Ouija boards. An article about talking boards written in New York gets published in Sydney, London and Paris and basically promotes a new way of speaking to the dead with the idea of a planchette pointing out the letters. It's way more effective and it catches on. The newspaper article also goes into detail about the board and how, from the article, people have started making this new version in their homes. The same year, a company in Massachusetts creates something called a witch board, and they send it to the White House as a publicity stunt. Now, President Grover Cleveland writes back saying thank you, but I'm not using its powers. It's also in 1886 that Charles Kennard claims to have invented the board that would become known as the Ouija board. 
He says he was playing around with letters in his kitchen and came up with the idea. He went to his mate who was an undertaker and a furniture maker and asks him to make some boards with his idea and 12 get made and sent out. Now, Charles moves to Baltimore. He sees the potential of the boards and sets up a company around their production. And the board business takes off. His mate, the one who made the initial 12 boards, follows him and claims he is owed money because it is his invention. He gets the money from the company and off he goes. Now, Charles is staying in a local hotel and Helen Peters, a strong medium, is with him and she asks the board what it wants to be called and it spells out Ouija. They ask what does it mean and it moves the planchette to good luck. Now, apparently Helen opened a locket she was wearing and it contained a picture of a woman called Ouija. Now, it's thought Charles credited the answers from the board to our subconsciousness, and he asked Helen if she was thinking about the woman or the locket, as they asked the question to what the board should be named. Now, Helen says no, but either way, its name is confirmed, and it takes off. There's a myth that the name comes from a combination of the French oui, meaning yes, and the German ja, also meaning yes, so it translates to yes, yes, but this doesn't really have much of a basis, and isn't thought to be true. So the board is taken off, and they are worried that other companies will copy it, so they go to get it patented. The patenting office isn't convinced, and they say, prove to us that it works. The head says, if you can spell out my name, you've got it. So Helen, while using the board, successfully spells out his name. He's a little shaken, and they walk away with the patent, knowing that their work is safe. Interestingly, it was marketed not as a way to communicate with the dead and with spirits, it's never made that claim, but rather as a way to answer questions. It was the latter that enabled the company to market the board to everyone, rather than just a small handful of those who wanted to speak to the dead. Pretty savvy marketing skills to be honest. Now between 1886 and the 1970s, people have used the boards to try solve crimes, murder in particular. There's one case of a woman leaving over $150,000 to a spirit who spoke to her through the board. The judge refused to honour that one. People wrote poetry and entire books that had been channeled from the board. And on the darker side of things, it was used to justify unusual and uncharacteristic behaviour. The Ouija board told me to do it was one woman's response to the psychiatric hospital's doctor when he asked her why had she left her mother's body in the living room and then buried it in the back garden. Two women were charged with murdering a third after receiving confirmation from the board to go ahead with the killing. Despite all this, there was still a frenzy around the Ouija, and it was the best-selling board game and outsold Monopoly. Fast forward to 1973, when everything changed. This was the year when The Exorcist was released, and supposedly, and there's very little evidence for this, that it was based on a true story, where a girl had played with the board and succumbed to demonic possession. Overnight, the film changed the narrative around the board, and it still hasn't really recovered. The folklore around the board multiplied and highlighted the shadow side of the Ouija as more and more horror films and series were based on or around the board's use, which further demonised it. It quickly became a gateway for Satan, and religious groups throughout America rounded up the boards and burned them, whereby in the past they were creepy or scary at most, now, they were downright dangerous and demonic. But is it really a cause for concern? According to psychologists, apparently not. 
small muscular movements that we're not even aware of can have huge impacts on devices such as a Ouija board. Researchers at the University of British Columbia set up a test where subjects were asked questions. They got the answers correct 50% of the time, which is average for guessing. Now, when they asked questions using the board, the percentage went up to 65, which is unusual. Another test went a little bit further, where the subject sat down to use the board with another person. They placed their fingers on the board and then one of them would be blindfolded. The other person then removed their fingers and the remaining blindfolded person would be asked the questions. This was done to make the subject feel like there was someone else with them answering the questions, but the answers would truly be only from them. Again, the results showed a similar pattern that people knew more when they didn't think they were in control of the answers, suggesting that the board is a tool to access our subconscious. Now that being said, it raises questions about the validity of the spiritual, supernatural stuff. Is it made up? Personally, I don't think so. I think it's a tool to contact the dead and the subconsciousness. It's just down to what your intent is as you go to use it. Now if you're using it for the latter, there's not much more to say. Explore the depths of your mind to your heart's content. However, if you're going to use the board to speak to the dead, you cheeky little necromancer, then let's talk. As you may know, I set up my shop towards the end of last year with the goal of helping people deepen their practice and to connect to the divine. My products are carefully formulated with quality ingredients that are thoughtfully sourced, then packaged and wrapped with materials that have a low impact on the environment. For my oils, I will think of a brief or an aim that I want to achieve with this particular product. I specify some of the ingredients that I want to be in it, for example with the money money oil, I knew that basil had to be in there for me. It's got huge connotations with money and also with the freedom oil, I wanted people to feel like they were in a forest, so fir and cedar had to be in there. I then hand this brief or this idea over to Madhavi Patel who has been working in aromatherapy for over a decade. She then intuitively picks the other ingredients and blends them into a formula that fits in with my idea or concept. I send out samples to a small group and see how they get on with it. Then if it's all good, the product goes on my site. It's a small, intuitive process that works with small batches to deliver witchy oils that not only smell good, but work. In the shop today, we have money money oil, trance oil, and freedom oil, as well as erotica, my latest blend that's designed to be diffused throughout sex magic and love magic workings, and to generally create a space that is safe and fun for intimacy. I also have a rosemary cleansing bundle designed to be burned as an alternative to white sage that has been handmade by me with recycled string sourced from a mature rosemary brush from my friend's house in East London. It's wrapped under a dark moon for added potency. You can see all these products over on themajorswell.com. How are we going to use it safely? Well first of all, let's pull back a little bit and get some perspective. I think it's really important to remember that the Ouija board is just a communication device. It isn't inherently evil. It's like a telephone. If someone rings and you don't like the caller, hang the phone up. A nasty caller doesn't mean that all phones are evil and that we should never use them. 
A Ouija board is simply a tool, and as all tools, there's ways of using them, and there's also an etiquette around it that is really important. Based on this idea of etiquette, I've come up with my four golden rules for using a Ouija board. Number one, be comfortable using the board, and try to be in a calm and stable emotional state. We don't want to be angry or upset when using the board. I also wouldn't use it while under the influence of alcohol or drugs, unless you want to use the board under a particular state of consciousness. I wouldn't experiment with this however till you're a little bit more comfortable using the board and it's certainly not something to be played around with. Number two, write out your questions ahead of time, get them set up. Ask the questions you want answers to, questions that are going to guide and uplift you. But also take questions with a pinch of salt if they answer questions based around life advice. I'd also stay away from darker, more serious questions that you may not like the answers to, or if you may be afraid of the answers. There are a lot of stories based around the fact that someone asked when they will die, and the board tells them, and they agonise about the answer. Let's be wise with what we choose to inquire about. 3. Don't ask for physical signs from the spirit. This can be really dangerous. So for example, saying something like, if you're there, knock or bang something. I'd think twice about doing this, it's recommended that you ignore any knocks or bangs and made contact solely through the board. This is because if you start to ask for tangible contact, you open a door and essentially invite them into the space. If the spirit is unable to stick to just using the board, close the ritual down and cleanse the space. 4. Respect the board as well as the spirits. This is another really important one. I came across a lot of stories where things go wrong, and 9 times out of 10 within these stories, it was due to someone being disrespectful or downright rude and arrogant. Choose carefully with who you decide to use the board with. I'd say make sure people understand how they are supposed to use the board and behave around it before they start using it. Are there any precautions we can take to make using the Ouija board safer? There's loads. And one of the big ones is choosing your location carefully. Graveyards sound like a fun and creepy place to do a seance, but locations like these and ones linked to traumatic events really are not the best and can be quite volatile. Anything can come through. Find somewhere that feels good and feels safe. Some people like to say a prayer before they start, and with the caveat that negative entities cannot enter the space. Build your own one as you see fit, and you could also do a small meditation as a group with a white light protecting you. I'd also say cast a circle and cleanse your board before and after use. Some use a salt wash to wipe the board down with, and you could also do a smoke cleanse too. Once you get something, ask the spirit its name. I'd also cut straight to the chase and ask if the spirit's intentions are positive. If you get a no, cut your losses and take the planchette to goodbye. I'd banish the spirit with a mix of star anise and clove ground up and placed on a burning charcoal while saying the spirit's name, be gone. You can also ring a bell and make lots of crashing sudden noises to scare the spirits away. Just remember to do all this in a respectful way. It's also important to remember to close down the space after you've used the board. Communicate clearly that it's time to finish and move the planchette to goodbye, and wait for the spirit to move it to goodbye afterwards. If it's not doing this again, clearly state that you're closing the connection and move it to goodbye. Cleanse your board, the space, 
close your circle down and cleanse you and anyone else who's there. And you may remember from my necromancy episode, stepping over burning mugwort can stop spirits following you home. So maybe you could incorporate that too. How do we actually start working with a Ouija board though? Well, you can open the session with, are there any spirits here with us that would like to communicate? Please move the planchette to yes when you feel ready. But personally, I don't think this is a good way, and I wouldn't do this. I would rather know a spirit that I want to connect with, rather than leaving the floor open to whoever. Think of Ouija boards as kind of a chat room in the early years of the internet. You don't know who you're talking to, and you behave and act accordingly. Same energy with the Ouija board. I'd call forth spirits you wish to talk to. This would be great for ancestral workings as well. And on the table, I would incorporate gifts and offerings, as well as items linked to the ancestor, if you have any, just to strengthen the connection. Also, bear in mind that a lot of spirits who are attracted to a Ouija board are mischievous lower level spirits who aren't necessarily going to give that much depth or insight into what you ask. This random fishing for spirits could be more focused and directed to a specific spirit to help deepen your understanding. These lower spirits also tend to be made up from those who have died a violent or sudden death, and they can also be quite confused, therefore these conditions could come up when using the board, so bear that in mind. When you're calling forth spirits you wish to work with, ask them questions to verify their identity. These lower spirits are mischievous and they'll lie and pretend to be someone that they're not. Try to catch them out early and get rid of them. Some final tips. Get used to the planchette moving. Let everyone take turns pushing it around the board and when you're ready, a nice way to open the session is to make a circle for each person who is using the board. Also, four to five people using the board is recommended. It can take spirits a while for them to come through. While waiting, try to keep your mind clear and focused on the task of communication and stare at the planchette. It was traditional to light white candles that are at head level during seances and when trying to communicate with the dead. I also read somewhere, or I may have included it in an older episode, but I can't remember, that spirits are attracted to candlelight. I've also put in a good Ouija board ritual in my Working With Spirits episode back in the beginning of Season 2. There's also some good general stuff around spirits in there that would be good to listen to alongside this episode. There's a lot of myths around the board, like never use the board alone. If the planchette falls, a spirit has been released. If it moves to all four corners, an evil spirit has been summoned. And my personal favourite, if you burn the board, it will scream and anyone who hears this has 36 hours to live. A little sensational. But these myths, they all highlight a theme, and that is to show the board respect. I thought about adding some scary stories to spicing things up, but then I thought, why? There's enough scary stories out there in circulation already, and the Ouija board is feared enough. I wanted to use this episode to try take away some of that fear, so people can experiment with it. A recent poll by about.paranormal.com revealed that 65% of people saw the board as dangerous. I hope I've deconstructed some of this fear today. And Majors, that's it. That is a wrap for today's show. Thank you so much for listening. 
My intent with this podcast is to provide guidance and inspiration for those on their spiritual path and to talk about interesting parts of history relating to spirituality. I also want to connect you with information that is both useful and reliable. Would you like to support me? With your support, I can dedicate more time to the mage as well. You can financially support me through Patreon, where you'll gain access to more content and connect with the mage as well community. The link for this is in the episode description. If you're not keen on pledging money for whatever reason, but you still want to support, you can follow my Instagram at the mage as well. You could tell your friends and family about the show. You could post about the podcast. And most importantly, you could leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. This is really important. It really helps because it boosts the algorithm over on Apple Podcasts and it draws in new listeners and helps get the podcast out there. Please help me out. This is an independent podcast. It's just me researching, producing and editing. Anything you can do will help. If you own a business and would like to advertise on the show, please get in touch. The show's email is themajorswell at gmail.com. Special thanks to Coral St. Clair for the podcast artwork. The poem this week is called Ouija by Sylvia Plath. I really love her work, and for a good chunk of it, she found inspiration through using a Ouija board. It is a chilly god, a god of shades, rises to the glass from his black fathoms. At the window, those unborn, those undone, assemble with the frail paleness of moths. An envious phosphorescence in their wings, vermilions, bronzes, colours of the sun, in the coal fire will not wholly console them. Imagine their deep hunger, deep as the dark, for the blood heat that would ruddle or reclaim. The glass mouth sucks blood heat from my forefinger, the old god dribbles in return his words. The old god, too, writes aureate poetry, in tarnished modes, mouldering among the wastes, fair chronicler of every foul declension, age and ages of prose have uncoiled, his talking whirlwind abated his excessive temper, when words like locusts drummed the darkening air, and left the cobs to rattle, bitten clean, skies once wearing a blue divine hauteur, ravel above us, mistily descend, thickening with moats to a marriage with the mire. He hymns the rotten queen with saffron hair, who has saltier aphrodisiacs than virgin's tears. That bawdy queen of death, her wormy couriers are at his bones. Still he hymns juice of her, hot nectarine. I see him, horny-skinned and tough, construe what flinty pebbles the plough-blade upturns as ponderable tokens of her love. He, godly, doddering spells, no succinct Gabriel from the letters here, but floridly, his amorous nostalgias. Peace out, witches, and I'll see you at the crossroads.
Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.